Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning Lyle. Morning Mon, how are you this morning? Yeah, not half bad. Did you see the moon? I'm so obsessed with the moon right now. It is so beautiful. What is it with you and the moon? I it's think, like three days in a row. I think I think you're actually missing. Actually, I, I heard this. Um, I heard this that on the news, the best time to see the moon is actually just after six o'clock. And you're always here in the studio just after six o'clock seeing the moon. But I've yes, been like diligently preparing for yeah, the radio. But I've been like coming in my own carpool, and I get to see the moon at that time, and it is just amazing. Like you're seriously missing out. Like in the middle of the night, like it looks astounding, um, but you're missing it because like. Because the sky is so dark, the moon just seems so bright in contrast. It's kind of like looking at a headlight, and you can't really see the headlight because it's so bright. But if you look at it in the daytime, like in the early morning around 6, you see like all the craters and stuff, and it's just astounding. All the different shadows. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You have to, like tomorrow morning, I'm going to like call you. And I'll go, like, outside go outside. And go have a look. Look at the moon. Yeah, especially because like you see it with the sunrise seen. sky, and it's it's like it's just and it's low hanging and it's huge. There's something going on. Well, there you There's go, listeners. Monica has discovered something new in the sky, and she's fascinated by it. <laughs> like a cat with a bullet string. What are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? Ooh, what should I be grateful for this morning? Let me think of something from my holiday. I am grateful for Spinifex. There's no way. You're what? actually What's grateful for Spinifex. No, I seriously am. Why? Okay, okay. Until you have seen it and experienced it, you will not understand. So Spinifex is a thorny, prickly, rubbishy yep, kind of... Yeah, sounds like nothing you'd ever be grateful no, no, for. No, 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 I'm super grateful for it. Um, thing that grows in the desert. In fact, it covers one third of Australia. Did you know that? Um. One third of Australia is covered by Spinifex. Now, it grows in a clump. And nothing much grows around it, and it will grow like on zero moisture. Um, it'll just grow in dirt where there's just like nothing. And it grows in these in these clumps, and what it does is it forms a whole landscape of dots. And when the sun gets low, you just have all of these balls that look, from a distance. It looks like uh, um, cotton buds all over the hillsides. It's very okay. cool. Okay. Yeah, it's very cool. So I'm thankful for Spinifex. Yeah. And I learnt where... Um, Aboriginal dot art comes from because when you look at the hillside, it's covered in dots. Oh, that's cool. I think I don't know. I need to okay. check that with a uh, with an Aboriginal. I'm going to give you one more week for being grateful for stuff that's on this trip. But anyway, let me try that. But the <laughs> one week. You got one week, and then then you have to get over the show. Anyway, great show coming up. For, get over the show. <laughs> get over the trip. Great show coming up for you today. This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play, or use the Tune In Radio app. Just another day that my Lord. My Lord has kept me Yes it is Just another day That I've been in my Savior's care Yes it is Wanna say he threw He threw his loving arms all around me Yes he did And there I Oh, yeah. 
gonna sit down all around the throne. Oh, and he'll be there, be there with arms spread wide open. Yes, he will. I'm gonna hear him say, My servant. And that was the Solsters starting our day here on uh, Faith FM with Just Another Day. But it's not Just Another Day because it is, uh, what is it, Thursday? Thursday, the 18th of July. And uh, we have Dr. Sven Erstring on the phone. But before we go there, um, give us a clue for the quiz, Mon. Today's quiz is a Who Am I quiz. And the first clue is this. You ready, Lyle? Mm. The man who killed me would receive the king's daughter, great wealth, his family, father's family, and his, sorry, and his father's family would be exempt from taxes. Whoever killed me would get the princess. If you know the answer money. to that one, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you will have uh, a prize coming your direction. Yeah, you won't win a king's daughter or great wealth, and your family won't be exempt from taxes, but you will win a really cool prize. From <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> Indeed. You. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. Okay, so joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. Zvent Erstring, and you might be wondering, why are we having an interview now? Well, that, that reason for that is that... Uh, the Faith and Science Conference that uh, Dr. Erstring has put together is happening right now, and he is a very busy man and has taken uh, 15 minutes of his time to talk to us about what is happening there, but needs to uh, get to a meeting as that program begins to start. Dr. Sven, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Good to be back with you and Mon. Fantastic. How is the Faith and Science Conference going? It's been going very, very well. It's um, We've got um, over 200 people uh, there. And, um, yeah, just right on site at uh, Avondale College of Higher Education in Kurumbong. And uh, we have uh, between 80 to 100 people uh, watching it um, through live stream all around the world in, in Germany and um, Melbourne and places like that. So it's been a really, really exciting time. And, and look, the, um, the atmosphere is, is one really of, of, of learning, um, it's also a real sense that that we want to connect with God. Um, you know, sometimes we can uh, we can look at science and it's all about DNA and data and and mathematics. Uh, but ultimately, what we want to do is look beyond the science and actually say, "Wow, we could we could connect with the God who created all of this." And the science merely opens up. Um, these windows of opportunity to to see his creative power. Uh, so it's been really, really great. That's fantastic. So you've got a Christ-centered science program. That sounds very yes. exciting indeed. And yes. uh, what a bit, what have some of the give us a give us a bit of a rundown of some of the highlights for you so far. Well, the highlights for me certainly. I'd start off by saying the highlight has been that we have been. 
focusing on prayer. Now, that may seem a little bit odd, um, especially if you've studied uh, science at university or uh, you've been to a science conference yourself because, um, you know, if you if you go to Berkeley or, or um, you know, Boston or places like that where they have a science conference, uh, they, they won't spend much time in prayer. Um, but we are a faith and science conference, and so we've been really connecting with God through prayer. So that's been a real highlight. Um, another, another highlight has been uh, that we've been starting to, to look at um, and really go down into the depths of, of what makes us, um, you know, in terms of living beings. So we're going down to the DNA. Um, we're looking at epigenetics as well, which is a really fascinating area, which means that instead of, um, instead of looking at DNA as just a kind of long string of, of letters where you just read it off, um, there's actually mechanisms in the uh, DNA or, or in the cell which is looking at using different parts uh, for for different times and switching things on and off. And um, it's based on our uh, what we do, our lifestyle. It's based on our hereditary, um, and and we can we can really adjust um, uh, how how our physical life moves forward. Um, which is really, really, really important from a lifestyle point of view. Um, so that, that's been really good. The other thing which has been really great too has been, uh, that we've been looking at some of the things within biology, uh, which points us towards the fact that neo-Darwinism doesn't work. Um, and so that's been a really, really exciting, uh, opportunity as well. So those are some of the highlights, uh, Lyle and Mike. Now, um, you, you mentioned there that you know, neo-Darwinism doesn't work, looking at some of the evidences for that. Can you give us uh, one or two of the um, points that have been brought forward that have sort of made an impact on you as far as uh, you know, really demonstrating that this just simply does not work? Yeah, certainly we, we can see um, evolution occurring at what we call a micro level. Um, so, you know, you have uh, dogs... Um, a different breeds of dogs. Uh, you have um, lizards that that you know have different kind of colours or, or skin thicknesses or, or size depending on where they're they're living. So certainly we would see it at that um, um, micro kind of level. And what I see there is that that's a kind of adaptation um, mechanism that God built into all living uh, beings, so that we could you know if we move uh, you know from uh, from Perth. Uh, to Newcastle, um, or as you, know, you have done, being, as as we have done, um, or you know, being being more realistic, you know, if animals uh, move from uh, you know a place in Asia maybe to Australia, they can actually adapt to the environment and they don't just die off. It's it's really a survival mechanism. But in terms of of looking at neo Darwinism in terms of generating life, well, first of all, um, it's uh, you, we need to look at the the living cell. Um, itself. And um, what we see there is that the, the probability that a living cell uh, could organize by chance uh, without any intelligent design is in the order of, of one, t- um, one chance in one, 10 to the power 190. Um, um, and that's just part of it. We could even go more. And there's, there's other estimates which look at one 
to one in, uh, to 40,000. Um, so we're looking at, at incredibly small, uh, probabilities, probabilities that just, um, just vanish into statistically imp- being improbable. Um, so that, that's the, that's one of the first ones. Uh, the second one definitely is, uh, this, this idea of the epigenetics. So, um, there's a whole lot of regulators um, and control systems which are working with the DNA material. Um, and a good way to describe it is to think of DNA like a, a piano keyboard. And, and I know that um, Lawson loves the piano, but imagine that you could use the same keyboard and you have a different piece of music in front of you and you could play, you could play jazz, you could play Beethoven, uh, you could play Bach. Um, on exactly the same keyboard, and epigenetics is like that. Using the same DNA, you can use different things. So those are a couple of things. Another one which has been really interesting as well is the idea of orphan genes. Orphan genes are genes which only occur in some species, well, in specific species, but you don't find them in other species, which you'd expect uh, they would occur if we had evolved from you know, chimpanzee-like animals and, and all the way down to, you know, a common cell way back uh, billions of years ago. So it's a fascinating kind of area. Um, one that I found really interesting as well is, um, which I talked about yesterday, was the whole concept that life is based on a, a DNA alphabet. Um, so you've got um, ACTG. Uh, and the acronym was given Australian Capital uh, Territory is Good. Um, so whether that's true or not, um, that's the acronym that or the, the, the word uh, play that was used. But the thing is there is why is it only four letters? Uh, because computers use uh, two letters, zero and one, um, and in English we use 26 letters, A, B, C, D, all the way through to Z. And in uh, Chinese but, you use, what, 30,000? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Use all the characters. But for for uh, right across the board, all of life that we know uses those four letters. Um, they're, they're optimal, uh, but we have no idea. Um, there's There's no pathway through which we could get that to to arrive by chance or you can't get it to evolve as well. So those are a number of many reasons uh, why uh, biologists themselves are saying that neo-Darwinism in terms of describing the origin of life um, in its totality doesn't work. Now, how at what level is this being recognised by scientists generally today? Is there a is there a general recognition starting to take place amongst scientists, you know, people of faith or people of no faith, that this is actually the case? Uh, yes, yes, certainly. Um, look, if you're talking at the popular media level, in terms of, and um, uh, we were shown an example yesterday of. Um, an article in Scientific American, which which sounds quite prestigious, um, but um, it was pointed out that Scientific American is at the more popular level, uh, you know, in terms of the scientific, scientific um, literature. Um, they will go, yes, you know, we are we are ninety nine percent similar to chimpanzees. This should humble us, and it's it's amazing proof that we evolved, uh, you know, from from a common ancestor with chimpanzees. Um, but when you go to the high-level conferences uh, in London, say, for example, or you go to um, the, the, the journal 
um, articles. Um, and, and some key writers, Denton, uh, Shapiro and people like that, they say it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so, so it's almost like, the, the biologists know that there's major problems uh, with neo-Darwinism. But um, media, to, to in many ways, just to, um, for whatever reason, I guess to, to stick with the evolutionary uh, story, uh, just to, to keep the paradigm going, uh, continues to maintain that. Um, uh, you know, maybe because they want certainty from science, but um, it's certainly recognised that neo-Darwinism doesn't work, and that's even from people who don't believe the Bible and um, who are not um, Christian or don't even believe in God as well. So it's it's really fascinating, and, and we should really learn to um, to evaluate things. Um, and, and the science that comes to us, even through the media. Mm, absolutely. Now, uh, Peter Watts was here yesterday, and he's been at the Faith and Science uh, Conference. Uh, he mentioned your opening address and some interesting concepts that you were addressing um, on that first day. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So, so what I was focusing on is a concept in science um, which is called methodological naturalism. So methodological naturalism uh, is is based on this idea that to do science, we need to um, exclude or never appeal or refer to God, um, inspired writings like the Bible and the spirit of prophecy or to, um, uh, to, to miracles. Now, why would they do that? They would do that because... Uh, scientists want to find natural laws, the regularities. Uh, so, so to do that, you can, you know, you just follow the, the, the pattern. So, you know, gravity, uh, things like that. Um, the problem is that that works well if, if we're looking for those regularities, but you can't necessarily say, well, I have now, um, I have now pro- proven that God doesn't exist because I have simply ignored uh, him altogether in my work. And, and that's the real thing. It's like putting on your, your glasses. So, you know, you could put on really dark glasses and you can say, I can't see the light. Well, the problem is that you put on your, you know, dark glasses. Um, and, and that's the reason why, why you can't see the light. So it's a really, really important thing. And, and the conclusion that I draw, uh, which I shared, um, on Tuesday afternoon is this, is if you want to know, whether God created um, uh, living um, organisms, so animals, plants, uh, fish, birds, if you want to know whether God created them uh, through a series of miracles in six days, basically that takes a, a miracle. It takes a, a revelation from God both through the Bible and also God speaking to us through his Holy Spirit. Uh, so it's, it's not a case of just going to, to the to the, the the empirical data, not to the scientific data. And certainly um, you can't say, okay, well, we'll use science when it's constricted by methodological naturalism to help us find that out. So it's really, we need we need to be open and humble to what God um, can do and what he's speaking to us to really understand what he did in creation. Yeah, one would think that science should be by nature open to all possibilities rather than excluding some possibilities. That, that's exactly right. And I shared a quote by Sean Carroll, um, who's a cosmologist and astrophysicist. And he said 
that science should be searching for the truth, no matter where that truth is found, whether supernatural, natural, or otherwise. Um, that's in his book, The Big Picture. And, and that's exactly right. So, so science should be open uh, to the truth, even if God did it. Uh, we should be open to that. And that's what we as, um, you know, scientists and, and, or, or as Christians, I should say, um, are really open to. We, we do not want to, uh, blindfold ourselves, uh, to God's work in the world. Mm, fantastic. Dr. Sven, er- Sven Erstring, thank you so much for joining us this morning and all the best with, uh, the Faith and Science Conference as it continues today and tomorrow. That was uh, Dr. Sven Erstring. We'll be back in uh, just a moment after the song. Like a picture that's been marred, distorted and defamed, the world can hardly see me. Get the blame. My name has been misused, given to things I'd never do. But the question remains do you really know me? Do you really For yourself Search for me And you will find That my arms Are stretched so wide Full of love For you my child I long for you To be With me for all Eternity So the question Remains Do you Really know Do you really know me? Do you really understand how much I love you? And I will do everything I can to show you who I am. If you seek me, you'll find me. If you search with all your heart, Do you really know me? I came from heaven's throne And became a human man I came to show you God And who I really am I died for all to see Just how much you mean to me The question remains Do you really know me? Do you really know me? Do you really understand? 
Carly Fletcher with Sandra Enderman. Do you really know me? Here on Faith FM, Mon, give us another clue for our quiz. Who is this famous person? Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you will get a prize for finding out who was going to get a prize. Kind of. No, not quite. Yeah, I worded that wrong, didn't I? <laughs> the first clue was all about a prize. Yeah, it was whoever killed this person would get a big old prize. Uh, clue number two, when chased by Saul, David went to Ahimelech. Uh, <laughs> The priest and got my sword from him. Yeah, whose sword was David in in, uh, in possession of? There was no other sword like it. The None. Bible says. Yeah, this it must have been quite a piece of uh, cutlery. <laughs> yeah, you could really carve some stuff up with this one. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Give us a call one eight hundred Faith if you think you know who that is. All right, Mon. Wow, I have some really cool news for you. So I'm sure you saw this episode. Uh, of television work on YouTube like I did. It did go viral uh, a little while ago. They were doing a piece, this is uh, based in in the States, um, where they have a system where people who have student debt or medical debt in particular, medical debt, uh, it, it gets sold, the debt gets sold to debt collectors and the debt collectors pay a fraction for it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they then have the um, the job of chasing up the people who owe the money and trying to get, you know, their money back plus the interest, well, so to speak. So that's their investment. Yep. And um, and uh, and the show that we watched, I can't remember the name of it, but the, 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 the host of the show did this whole segment about it and how it was such a crazy situation that other people could buy your debt from a medical institution, um, which kind of makes you think, why can't you just buy your own debt back at a fraction of the cost, <laughs> right? Yeah, I that's know, actually right? a really good idea. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy, just set up a little debt collection company, buy your own debt back and harvest. Yeah, it. it's like if I owed Producer Shell 10 bucks and Producer Shell couldn't be bothered getting on my case about it because she's got other things to do. So she sells my $10 debt to you. For $5. For $5. And then you come after me for the $10 so you get your 5 back plus your 5 profit. It's like why wouldn't I just buy my own debt at $5 from Shell and then have halved my debt? Like, it's crazy. I think it would be a little bit more involved than just that. But, but it's still crazy that they're allowed you to had, sell debt. If you had a, uh, a big enough debt, I'm sure there would be a way of making it eh, financially viable to do so. Yeah. I just don't understand why the medical institutions don't offer that reduced rate to the people. Like, if they're happy to then get a much smaller margin for it, why don't they say, hey, look, we'll, let's, we'll reduce your debt down to this. Anyway, it's called buying pennies on the dollar. And uh, it happens a lot in America. It's big business. Uh, so debt collectors uh, will just buy up massive amounts of debt. 
they don't go pick one debt. They're like, you know, how many debts can I get for this chunk of money? So they get a whole bunch of debt. And then they basically start harassing people and they get really volatile and, and can be quite um, uh, vicious and scary. Yeah, I think if I had that job after a couple of years, I just want to commit suicide. Yeah, yeah. It'd be yeah. like, whoa, it'd, yeah. be just, it'd be hard on your soul. Exactly. And especially because a lot of these people who are struggling with the debt are often people who, um, you know, are in dire medical situations. Like, that's why they have the debt because they're unable to work to pay it off because they're, you know, something's happened, they're suddenly, you know, confined to a wheelchair or they're too sick to come in, that become like vegetables. And it's just, it's just a sad situation um, that they have over there. And since that episode has aired, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot, I think it was Jon Stewart was a, it was a, a talk show um, and gone viral. Guess who has stepped up to the plate? I have no idea. Churches. Churches yes. have come out swinging. Congregations have been taking up collections and then as a church entity, as a church body, been purchasing like debt after debt after debt and then just clearing them as an outreach tool because then they send a letter. Because they don't need to make profit. They don't need to make profit. And then they send a letter and they say, hey, you know, this is your local church. We just want to let you know that we've paid off your debt. Wow. P.S. Do you want to come to church? <laughs> like, how cool is that? How cool is that? So here's a story of, uh, of one particular church that's done it. Um, <laughs> uh, so 6,500 families are, are going to be getting letters in the mail uh, this week, letting them know they've just been paid basically by people they've never met. Um, so it's Senior Pastor Dan Glenn uh, and his congregation, which is the Stenson Baptist Church. Um, the way they actually came into doing it is they found themselves with an extra Sunday at the end of its fiscal year calendar. Um, and the leaders decided that on June 30th, just gone, the money collected during the service would be donated to charity. What do you mean they had an extra Sunday? They had 52 Sundays. I don't know how or they did it. 53 Sundays. Out. I don't know. I okay. don't know how they did it. Okay. Um, I'm not an accountant, Lyle. I don't know these things. Anyway. Uh, but so the plan was to split the proceeds to support a group foster home that provides services for, um, for underprivileged uh, folk in the community and also help the residents of their home county uh, to pay their medical bills. Now, the original uh, goal for this church was uh, $48,000, right? Congregation, when they heard about what was going to happen, uh, which was only about 350 people, responded to the call and raised a staggering $153,876. So basically more than three times the original original goal. So almost like $155,000. And so with this donation, they were able to fund not one, not two, but three foster homes for an entire year, plus wipe out the medical debt of um, struggling families in four additional counties. Like, can you imagine, Lyle, wiping out the collective debt of an entire county? Like, I guess like in Australia, we would say a suburb, maybe. Can you imagine just wiping out the debt of everybody in that suburb? I feel like the whole suburb might just levitate because everyone would just feel a bit lighter. And start <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it might just get <laughs> be walking around on clouds. Um, so they used, uh, they did this through a New York charity, New York-based charity called RIP Medical Debt. Uh, which does exactly what I explained, like it buys debt for just pennies on the dollar um, to leverage the money's impact. And guess how much debt they wiped out with their little contribution? Like if, if, if they hadn't, like if, if they had left the debt there, how much the people would still be owing? I have no idea. $7.2 million. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They bought $7.2 million worth of debt for how much? Um, 
$153,000, basically. You've got to be $7.2 million. One local church, 350 congregation members, $7.2 million of That's debt. amazing. That's absolutely astounding. Absolutely astounding. That is that is blowing my mind right now. And because I was thinking they wiped out maybe three hundred thousand dollars worth nope. of debt. Seven point two million. That's how cheap you can buy debt as a debt collector. Um and they I mean they they got the idea after hearing other churches are doing it. So churches all over America are stepping up to the plate and doing this. And they, they are they are using this um New York charity that the RIP medical debt. You'll never believe where RIP medical debt comes from, right? You remember the Occupy Wall Street political movement? Yep, vaguely. Yep. So don't, know, don't remember much about it, but anyway. You know, there were protests and encampments in New York and, and cities around the world in, in, uh, in, the, in the financial districts. Um, but apparently uh, in the New York one, uh, the two founders were actually working on Wall Street and they were just, you know, suits and tie kind of guy and uh, their offices were right near the protest encampments and they were actually inspired by the movement, inspired by the people who were doing the protest and the two of them, even though they're, you know, Visually on the other side of the fence, there were some of these, you know, sharks and suits who are working on Wall Street. They're inspired and decided, you know, what can we do? And because they have, you know, a great understanding of how all this debt works, and they figured out we could actually set something up here. And uh, and so yeah, over the years, uh, they've I think over one hundred and thirty-five million dollars in debt. It's been wiped out. Been wiped out through these two guys who got inspired by um, the Occupy Wall Street. Uh, protests set up RIP, um, RIP debt, medical debt, and have just been doing it ever since. And and I should say that you know uh, a lot of people get into into debt for really ridiculous reasons. Mm. We need to understand that, and there's no excuse for getting into ridiculous debt. What you've got taking place here in the United States, and unless you've lived in the US, you don't really understand this. Is one of the worst medical systems in the world, and Absolutely. one of the most and one of the most expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, where it is very easy to do everything absolutely right and then to lose everything that you have. Yeah, in a So flash. you lose your house, you lose your home, you lose, you, lose, you lose your car, you become homeless, you know, in, in just a moment, just a fraction, just, 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 it's like that and it's all gone simply because you got ill. Yeah, or you, and you don't accident. have that. You don't have that privilege that I have as an Australian of jumping on a plane and hoofing it out of that country so I can get medical attention. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it is a dire situation over there. The, the medical system is very different to Australia. You know, we always call Australia the lucky country. Um, I like to think we're more like the blessed country. Um, but yeah, this is this is something that can absolutely ruin someone's life and through no fault of their own. Yeah, I, I feel. I feel I feel a certain level of, level of angst in helping somebody with debt mm. who is just foolish in the way they use their yeah. money because I know they're going to go straight back into it. But with medical debt in the United States, this is something that we can contribute to. If you want to check it out, uh, RIP Medical Debt, just jump online um, and, and just, just basically Google RIP Medical Debt. Uh, you can find many GoFundMe pages that are, are raising funds for different regions. Um, like these guys were operating in Florida, this church was. Um, and do you know what? I think this is I think this is like the gospel in action. You know, God said we should help the poor and they were definitely helping out. And I think it's a fantastic way to witness. Can you imagine? I just the faces when they read these pieces of paper that you no longer have any debt. It's just incredible. Anyway, this is Don Francisco with Flyin. Oh, Flyin. Great song. <laughs> Thank you. 
Like everyone else, I try to fly through my life Using only my feelings and instincts By trial and error from the day I was born I'd always heard that was the way it was done So I took the throttle and I made my own course And I headed out somewhere that way But I hit some heavy weather, I crashed and burned And I listened to the lesson that I had to learn If you're not living by the word of God, you're flying by the seat of your pants. If you're not living in Jesus, I wouldn't give you a snowball's chance. Your automatic pilot isn't doing too well, there's been a major malfunction, you're headed for hell. If you're not living by the word of God, you're flying by the seat of your pants. Now life may bring me some spins and some dives Zero visibility too But by his direction and by his word I know I can make it through With a spirit as co-pilot here inside Using this flight manual for my guide I'll make a three-point landing on the other side And brother, he'll do the same for you But if you're not living by the word of God, you're flying by the seat of your pants. If you're not living in Jesus, I wouldn't give you a snowball's chance. Your automatic pilot isn't doing too well, there's been a major malfunction, you're headed for hell. You'd better stop flying by the seat of your pants and start living by the word of God. Start living by the word, living by the word, living by the word of God. Well, there you go. That was Don Francisco with Flying BTSOYP. I wasn't sure that that was. Yeah, I had to announce that. I was glad. I was glad that Mon was announcing that at the beginning because I was like, "What is that?" I was like, "I'll just go with the word flying." B-T-S-O-Y-P, flying by the seat of your pants. It's an acronym. Yeah, and a great lesson right there. Yes, you know, we need to be not flying by the seat of our pants. We need to be flying with Jesus Christ in control. Amen. Amen. Lyle. Yes. Clue number three. Who am I? I had a shield bearer go before me in battle. Ooh, he didn't even carry his own shield. I, I, I don't know why. Was it really heavy? It was a method stuff? of fighting. Oh, okay, okay. It's okay. a method of fighting where you have both of your hands um, and your entire body free for 100% attack while you employ somebody, some poor schmuck, to, I was going to um, say, I'd never sign up for that To basically job. carry a shield, and his job is just defend. He, he does nothing but defense. So it's a two-person um, setup. Uh, yeah, arrangement where one person does 100% defense and the other person does 100% attack. So rather than defending, Rather than defending and attacking at the same time. Yeah, you, the, the, that, that particular person's job is to, uh, is to defend from everything. Okay. So even if... So- even if someone runs up with a sword, you have to like sort of get between them and the person you're trying to. Uh, yeah, you're, you're just carrying a big shield, and you're just there to, to to bounce that sword off wherever it comes from. Yeah, it's kind of like a goalie when you play. Soccer. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's it's like uh, if you're playing um, a soccer game with um, you know just two people on your team, 
and you have one person who is the goalie and one person who is um, attack. attack or forward. Yeah, yeah. forward. Yeah, that's the that's the method of fighting involved um, in this particular arrangement. Yeah, cool. Uh, who will? Well, it didn't work for this guy. I was going to say, but that could be anyone from the Bible then, because it sounds like it might have been a bit of a thing back then. But anyway. it was a bit of a thing back then. But in this case, it failed. So this person had a shield bearer go before me in battle. Mm. Who yeah. might that be? Yeah. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Anyway, number of things floating around at the moment, but I thought this was an interesting story. Um, and I lost the front page of it, but anyway. Where'd it go? Where did my front page go? Somebody's taken my front page and my notes. Is it sitting over there on top of your 20 million movies? Ah, there it is, there it is. You're right. Okay, the 18th of July, that's today. That's today. Mm-hmm, so, current news. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not going to be current news at all. In 1870. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to say. 1870. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Uh, 18th of July. So, this day in history. This is a this day in history. Yeah. Um, the doctrine of papal infallibility was proclaimed Ooh. as being infallible. Right. Okay, so it kind of goes like this. Um, within the Roman Catholic Church, you have four infallible sources of inspiration. So these are four sources of inspiration that cannot be wrong. And where are they from? Okay, so you have divine revelation. Yeah. That's kind of like when you have a dream from God. Yeah. Okay, so for instance, Daniel had a dream from God. Therefore, uh, because it comes from God, it's infallible. Right? Does that mean anyone can have one of these dreams? Well, this is an interesting thought because the Bible outlines very, very clearly that there are tests for people who claim to have the gift of prophecy. And so, no, you can't just have anyone who who just rocks up and says, hey, I've got the gift of prophecy, and you believe everything that they say. Yeah, because you could absolutely take advantage of people. You could take them for a ride. Because I could say right now, I had a dream last night, and the prophecy is that everyone has to come and give me a puppy dog. You might um, be flooded with... Look, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> not complaining. Not complaining. Flooded with fluff for a day until it gets a little bit um, overwhelming. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so divine revelation is seen as being infallible. Um, and to a point, that is absolutely correct. Uh, when Daniel had visions from God as a true prophet of God, they that was divine revelation and therefore it was infallible. Uh, the problem is that people no longer seem to apply the tests of a prophet and they'll accept pretty much anything that comes across their path. And so a lot of things can go out there as hoaxes. Uh, sacred scripture is seen as being infallible. And in this one, I will agree 100%. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds pretty sound to me. Yeah. But what, hang on, what are they claiming to be sacred scripture though? Are they talking about the Bible and the Bible alone? Okay, so they've got the Bible and the Bible alone, but their Bible has a bunch of extra books in it. Uh, the apocrypha okay. and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, be that as it may, that's uh, that's the view. Uh, sacred tradition is seen as being infallible, and this mm. is where it gets, so in it gets my murky. opinion, very very murky. Because I can start a tradition today, and if it becomes widely accepted in the church, uh, then it becomes infallible. That's now, there's not nothing great. wrong with tradition. Tradition is great. You know, there's lots of things that we do as tradition. It's tradition in our family to have Thanksgiving once a year. It's a fantastic tradition. Love it. There is a tradition in the way you, you can go to a traditional Adventist worship service, you know, three hymns and a prayer and so forth, and it's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's tradition. It's not a divine mandate from God. Yeah, it's not like you can't change it. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then they have sacred magisterium. 
I don't even know what that is. That's the teaching authority. Okay. Of the Pope in particular. Oh, I see. So okay. when the Pope um, I that teaches, had to be in there somewhere. Uh, it becomes infallible. So those are your four. Uh, levels of infallible revelation from God according to the Catholic Church. Now, here's the funny thing. Um, when they stated that um, the Pope had um, infallibility, in other words, it was impossible for him to err, they clarified that by saying it was only impossible for him to err when he spoke ex cathedra. Outside of a cathedral? Yeah, no, nah, that's not what it means. <laughs> After he stopped being the Pope? <laughs> um, that's when he decides what are formal beliefs of the Catholic Church. So if he makes a statement says, this is a formal belief of the Catholic Church, it is impossible for him to make a mistake, according to uh, this particular statement that was made in 1870. So in 1870, they said, it is uh, a formal belief of the Catholic Church that when the Pope states a formal belief... It is impossible for the Pope to err. It's so dangerous. So the Pope said, I'm making a statement and it is impossible for this statement not to be infallible. To, to be fallible. Not, not to be infallible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's pretty dangerous. Though. And since then, it's only, it's only been used once. I found this was interesting. Oh, really? Yes, it's only been used once. That's interesting. And that was in 1950. Uh, when the Pope proclaimed the Assumption of Mary. But there's been a few other statements that they have retrofitted it to. Okay, yeah, go on. I want to know what the Assumption of Mary is. I don't know what that is, but go on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, uh, we'll come back to that. Um, but before we do, um, we will look at these other ones that was retrofitted to. They retrofitted it, retro-applied it to... Um, Unum Sanctum, that was stated in 1302, which was where the Pope stated that salvation was only available in the Roman Catholic Church. There was no salvation outside of the Roman Catholic Church. And that salvation required total submission to the Pope. What? Mm. It was retro-applied to Unum Sanctum. And it was retro-applied to Infabulous Deus. Uh, which was a statement made in 1854 about the Immaculate Conception of Mary. So what's going to happen if if what the Pope says is infallible, but they also say sacred scriptures are infallible? What happens if the two don't match up? Which has actually happened on a number of occasions. For instance, with coming back to the Assumption of Mary, the Assumption of Mary uh, is not about, well, I guess it is Mary assuming something, um, but it is about Mary being taken bodily to heaven. Okay. So in the Roman Catholic Church, the belief is that when you die, your spirit floats off, your ghost floats off, and goes to heaven. Right. This is not biblical in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says that we rest in the grave until the resurrection of Jesus Christ, when Jesus returns. Uh, you can't have a resurrection and infallibility of the soul. They kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. Um, and But when the Roman Catholic Church, you know, when a person dies, they're a righteous person, their soul their ghost, whatever, their spirit floats off to heaven to be with God. But with Mary, because she was immaculately conceived, she went there in her whole body. That's the assumption of Mary. Okay. But that doesn't... that doesn't. 
it still doesn't match up with the with the with the sacred scriptures. I'm trying to figure out. Like, no, not at all. Not at all. There's if the nothing. sacred scriptures and the Pope don't agree, who gets the who gets the, like who's right according to them? Oh, and we could make a very very long list um, of looking at uh, divine revelation, sacred scriptures, sacred tradition, and sacred magisterium within the Roman Catholic Church of uh, disagreement within many of them. And this is where it becomes. I think this is one of the reasons why they've been super careful with it and only used it once uh, since it was stated. This is Matt Minicus. Save me, oh my God For the waters have come up to my neck I sink in the Floods engulf me now My throat is parched and I am worn out From calling out for help My eyes fail
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. How's it going, everyone? This is Mon and Lyle from The Breakfast Show. Hey, Lyle. Mm? I've got a question for you. Yeah. Is God for real? That's a really good question. In fact, it is such a good question that ex-atheist, devout atheist Peter Watts, is doing an entire series of presentations on that very subject, answering some of life's deepest questions. Are you serious? Can I go to this? You certainly can. It starts this Friday night, the 19th of July at 7pm, and runs every Friday, Saturday and Tuesday night. Do I have to pay? Where can I get a ticket? It's for free. Simply call 0488. Eight five eight eight nine five five. While I will see you there. So many times I've questioned certain circumstances. Are things I could not understand Many times in trials Weakness blurs my vision And my frustration gets so out of hand It's then I am reminded I've never been forsaken I've never had to stand the test alone As I look at all the victories, the Spirit rises up in me. It's through the fire my weakness is made strong. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy, or the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered Victory without fighting But he said help would always come in time Just remember when you're standing In the valley of decision And the adversary says give in Just hold on Our Lord will show up And he will take you through the fire again I know within myself that I would surely perish If I trust the hand of God, he'll shield the flames again He never promised that the cross would not get heavy would not be hard to hard find. to climb, no. He never offered victory without fighting, but he said help would always come, always come in, time. in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision, and the adversary says give just hold on. hold on, our Lord will show up, and He will take you 
This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn Radio app.